0: Hey, kids, you're listening to the Internet's wettest podcast about video games, consoles and pancakes. The yes.
1: S.M.L.
2: podcast.
1: Uh,
3: all
2: right.
1: We good to start?
2: Oh, hold on. Who's who's Vawny boy?
1: That is Vaughn from VGM con.
2: Oh, are we having an interview today? Yes. You yeah.
1: are the worst at this, Jacob.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't think
2: you told me.
1: <laughs> yes, I did.
4: It has been I, stated on stri- on like three different streams, and you were at least on one of them. Just because I'm physically present doesn't mean I'm <laughs> mentally <laughs> present. We'll well, I'm be not sure asked you're mentally questions. present right now, even. So
2: mm. <laughs> So uh nice to meet you. You as well. I'm I'm the worst.
1: What's up everybody? This is the SML podcast. I am your host Joe. We have a big fun show lined up today. Jacob's here. Say hi. Hi. Hockey's here. Say hi. Nah. Bree's here. Say hi. Hi. Bree, say hi. <laughs> hi.
5: What? There
1: you go. You oh. weren't coming through before.
5: <laughs> oh, that's so weird.
1: Might be the limiter on your mic.
5: Could be. I oh,
1: don't know. Grant's here. Say hi. Greetings. <laughs> and then, Grant, we have a special guest joining us because you and some other friends have been so instrumental and convincing me to go to vgmcon and for oh, sml yeah. to be a part of vgmcon so I, I went the other way first and i made vgmcon come to us
0: vaughn from <laughs> vgmcon how are you doing today i'm doing great uh welcome I'm, to the show i'm thrilled to report that it's finally snowed in minneapolis where vgmcon is uh we've actually been snowless all winter which is completely unheard of like usually january and february are horrible and finally it's it's snowed um and there's kind of a running joke at vgm con of like there's always at some point been snow on the ground during our events um (laughs) last year turned out to be like 80 degrees for the first two days and then what happened on sunday snow snow oh Uh, my uh, god work i don't know minnesota is an interesting place but uh yeah i'm happy to be on the show thanks for inviting me yeah i'm glad to have you here uh bumped into you
1: at Magfest, uh where you had a, a little display in the walkway uh, advertising vgm con for the people who don't know what vgm con
0: is uh sell it to us give us the sales pitch all right so uh it stands for video games and music convention um we chose that name because it's a lot clearer than our old name so uh it gets straight into the point of what we do which is we host an event that is a, a gathering place for fans of video games and music um we have we, we kind of brand ourselves as sort of half concert half convention and and uh-huh. also at the same time sort of like a a a mix between a gaming convention and a and like a music festival. Um it has so What was the original of- name before you get too far? I got to know if it was Yeah, so originally we were called Gamer's Rhapsody and it's both a mouthful and when you say it to someone at an, at an event when you're tabling like at like when you met me at Megfest, it's hard to explain in a couple of words, what that really is, whereas VGMCon kind of it, it, the name does all the work for us. It's yeah, a gamers' rhapsody. A, sounds very like high class. Like I wouldn't
1: be able to go because I don't look good in a suit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, yeah, there's there's something about it that's not quite as open and clear and welcoming. So yeah, we did a rebrand in I think 2018 as VGMCon. And we've been going strong ever since under under that banner. And yeah, we're in Minneapolis, Minnesota. It's a three day event um, this year. It's going to be April nineteenth through twenty first. Um, and you can expect an uh, all four seasons to happen in the course of those three <laughs> days. And it's a, yeah, it's a it's a great event. If you want to check out the kinds of acts we've got, we've got um, a huge stacked lineup of some. 30 odd music acts coming out to vgm con Uh, we'll also have of course panels there's a jam space where you can drop in pick up an instrument start playing with people um, playing some vg lead sheets Uh, we've got an artist exhibitor area open gaming and tournaments um, cosplaying everything you expect at a at a music and gaming style style event
1: Well, let's talk performers. You mentioned that there are a bunch of concerts going on. Uh, We have someone here who performs in concerts, and he just happens to be performing in one of your concerts. Grant, what's going on? How how did you get involved with going to VGM Con? Like, what, what started your origin story of going?
6: I don't remember what the last straw was. Well, I know what the last straw was. I don't know how I originally heard about it. It just was just it's just been talked about for a while. But it, but in 2020, um, it was the last hurrah before the pandemic hit. It, my my uh, the lonely rolling stars were playing, and my brother was pulled in to play drums for them. And just between those those two facts, I'm like, I have to go. I have to be there. The irony is, I think Viking guitar light. Which we call it a two person Viking guitar, also played, (laughs) but it wasn't me. It was after Eric had moved to the East Coast. So it was him and Beardo. And then I just got to watch, which was fun. Um, But I met the Arcadian there, uh, which was really cool. And we've since done tons of music together. Um, Master Sword kicked some butt. There was just a lot of really good, really good shows. And that, and it was one week later that they closed schools. So I think like, if it had been, if, if that event had happened one week after that, it may not have happened. So that really was the last kind of like thing that I got to do, um, before, uh, it all shut down. And then, uh, funny, yeah, funny. It, it's so you know, fast forward went last year, uh, and had a fantastic time. And it was at that point that I realized I was just going to sing the praises of this event to everybody, just to everyone needs to go to this, uh, that is interested in video game music. Cause that's the thing. Um it's 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 not like the insane uh you know experience of Magfest it's way more chill it's way more music focused it's less of a fan con and more of like a uh video game music enthusiasts uh get together is how I feel about it and you can get a hotel room uh it is interesting last year I got there on Thursday I think and then like and it was 80 degrees and they lost my luggage and I got there and it was Super sweaty because the way it works in Minneapolis is they don't they don't like just turn on AC and then turn on heat. There's a process to change things over. So of course they weren't gonna like turn on the like a day. So luckily my luggage uh, showed up and then by Sunday there was a snowstorm and I got to and I hung with my cousin for any uh, a, a day before I left. And so that's that. Vaughn spoke to it, but that's absolutely the case. It's a different a different kind of uh, climate than you might deal with at, at with with something like Mag or Magfest. But uh, yeah, I went last year and then uh, on a whim we decided to submit as Super Strikers uh, to Play, which is a band that, um, it's sort of the Brave Wave label house band. It's me and Dino from Cheap Dinosaurs and Zaku and Kev Ragone and APOC and we've been doing songs on and off for a while and the Brave Wave label label has a really big release coming out uh, in a few weeks called Giants with a bunch of Eastern and Western composers, um, and we did a bunch of songs for that. And So we'll be showcasing music from that as well as just some other weird things that we like to do. Um, so it feels really good. Last year, I was just bragging about how I didn't bring a guitar, and I was just going to watch shows. Uh, and now I am actually bringing one. I am coming with a guitar, and I am excited to play. So,
1: And that is one of the the multitude of reasons that... I have been convinced to attend this year another big big reason
0: uh Vaughn how did you get the Tiberian sons at this Oh man that is a great question um we have a very gifted and talented programming director um he's one of my best friends his name's Austin and uh I honestly don't know how he does it he but I'm every year I'm more and more impressed when I, so I do all the social media for our, um, for our events. And when I'm putting together like all of the assets to put out on social media and announce these different acts, sometimes like I'll be putting it together and I'll see the next name on the list for who I'm supposed to announce. And my, (laughs) my jaw will drop like, well, uh, so he, he, or Austin, I can't get sing enough praise. He does an amazing job. um, and makes it all happen somehow um our problem lately is that we've had too much music and we're actually kind of scaling back a little bit just to have a little more breathing room in between acts give the stage and the stage crew time to change things over but uh yeah somehow uh austin waved his magic vgm con wand and we've got tiberian Suns coming for the first time to vgm con very very cool. What other what other
1: bands have you been doing PR for? And you just look at and you're like, holy shit! How did we get them?
0: So we've got. Um, I mean, it's a, where to where to start? This is great. So I just announced um, today, uh, Geek Swag is going to be coming to VGM Con. That's uh, a a hip hop duo for VGM. We've got um, Tiberian Sons, of course. Um, one I'm excited about. Um, uh, I don't know if you've heard of Tumbao Multiplayer. They debuted at at Magfest this year. Um, and it's a a Latin influenced VGM group that I'm excited to have. We've got I'm a I'm a string player myself. I play Viola, so every time I see any string players on our uh, roster, I get really excited. So string player Gamers is coming. We've also got um cello cat. And so anytime I see Oh, Atlas as well. The string quartet, they're coming to VGM con. Uh, anytime I see anything strings related, I get really excited. Um, so those are a few that I'm looking forward to. I'm a a
1: fan of the heavy stuff myself. So seeing people like house the great there, Ropanuganti's is going to be there. Night of the round is going to be like, I'm, I'm thrilled for this event and I'm, I'm glad that like friends like Grant and, uh, another friend of ours must and have just been begging me for years to go. And or you finally got me this year. I'm going to be taking a train from Pennsylvania cool. to Chicago up to Minneapolis, St. Paul. Wow. That's
6: cool, wow. man.
1: So I got to, that's pretty I gotta, awesome. I got to talk to our, our, another uh, friend of ours flick Chris Serrani, about hauling oh, yeah. my ass around up there.
0: <laughs> yeah. He, <laughs> he, he, he gives us a huge helping hand every year as well.
6: He likes to work. That man's got his tool belt on at all times. That's for sure. He's a good dude.
1: I love that guy. Uh, So you mentioned panels. What kind of panels are at VGM con? What can people expect to hear about during different panels and events?
0: Um, So we have quite a variety, Um, everything from, you know, very kind of serious, uh, technical discussions of arranging um voicing in arrangements mixing mastering things like that um to sort of more um in like fan or not not fan uh, audience involvement things where we've had um panels centering around making some sort of wacky arrangement where you're spinning a wheel and you get you know you have to incorporate every element that gets pulled up on the wheel. And it'll be like, okay, it has to be in seven, eight. It has to be in this weird key signature. Uh, it has to include these kinds of instruments. And then, you know, the panelists will make that arrangement. Um, and then we've also got, you know, uh, I'll, I'll actually be running a, uh, with my friend, Sean, a VGM con iceberg panel, which is going to be dedicated to all of the deep cuts and weird lore and memes surrounding uh, the history of EGM con. This is our 10th year. So we're going to be looking through 10 events worth of um, increasingly obscure nuggets of oddness from our past. Um, and I exploring. immediately so, feel horrible that I have missed nine of these events. Well, Hey, this will be a, a great <laughs> opportunity to catch up is th- sitting through. We'll also have a more serious 10 year celebration panel that won't be uh, so meme oriented. But um, yeah, so this is a, a huge variety of things that you can expect from um, the different panels. Everything from very professional and um, technical to fun and non-serious and everything in between really. I, I have a question.
6: Um, you know, I've heard a lot about this event just cause I'm sort of in the mix here and I've played in a lot of different VGM groups. And so it's just something that we talk about, but. You know, I think the buzz around VGM Con is a lot bigger than it was before. What kind of growth are you seeing? Like year like this time to date last year versus this year. Have you seen an uptick in the number of people registering or do you are you feeling the the growth or is it is it is it uh, pretty comfortable is it a, is it a big
0: boost or is it is it just growing slowly? That's a great question. Um and thank you, Grant. It's it's actually crazy how much of our Attendance is booked in like the last two months, really between where we're sitting right now and the the day of the event. Um, how much of our attendance is booked in that time frame? So we always kind of get like uh, have like a collective heart attack um, at the start of the year when we're like, "Wow, those numbers are nowhere near where we thought they would be." But then somehow it always kind of happens in those last moments. I don't know if that says that gamers are all and musicians are all procrastinators (laughs) for what what that says Uh, but there's always a huge ramp up (laughs) as we get into the event but we are um i believe from our last numbers from where we were last year this amount of time before the event we are a bit higher in our um pre-registrations which is good um and last year was our biggest year yet i think um part of that was um enough events had started to have happened since um since events returned in the the you know the covid era uh that i think people were feeling more comfortable so in um in 2022 we definitely did not see the numbers that we needed to see uh, or wanted to see and i think that was just you know people th- People weren't ready to come back to events. We as event runners kind of didn't know what we were doing. We, can't, we had to make these policies you know, out of thin air and kind of decide what to do. And last year, there was much more of like a, we, we could look at other events and go, we like what this event did. We don't think this worked at this event. And then we could, you know, we just had a lot more input, knowledge, history, data to look at and kind of decide what to do um as event runners. So I think that really benefited us in 2023. And then just having, I think also from the attendees point of view, having had gone to other concerts and you know, one night shows and other conventions, um, uh, maybe in their local area or to um a a larger event like a Magfest, I think it people were more comfortable and ready to come back. Um and so we had a really standout year last year. And I think we're on track to to have a, a similar, if not even better, year this year. Very
6: cool. Are you? Is there anything big that is you've, you've had to change or that you're you're uh, planning for this year in terms of like anything from the amount of the space available to you? Or are you taking it? Is there? Is there? Is there? Are there more spaces? Are you you know having to beef up your production for concerts is it, are there you know beefing up staff like are there things that are are people can expect that would be a bit different this year
0: yeah I, so last year because it was such a good year and you know kind of like i was saying how we have that ramp up at the end when we really start to see what the true numbers are going to be and that's only within like maybe weeks in the single digit weeks before the event um we were kind of taken off guard of how much our attendance spiked. Um, and so, yeah, this year we are um, trying to really expand our team to to accommodate that size. Uh, we were, since we were taken aback, it it stretched us quite a really thin last year and that led to delays on some of the stages and um, just really taxing some of our our staff and volunteers. So yeah, this year has been a concerted effort in expanding that team making it a little more robust to to handle the the sort of increased appetite for for VGM here in Minneapolis. So so yeah, more staff. Um this year also will be our first year where we're not requiring masks since COVID. So that'll be um interesting to see what uh you know what our so we've had pretty positive feedback in terms of looking at other events Um, that are our peers in the area, what they're doing for those policies this year. And we've had a lot of leads that we could take um, and try to adopt to fit our event. Um, But we're, so yeah, we have sort of this interesting mix of still having all of those resources available for, um, for people to, to be wearing masks. If they want them, we have them. We also are still kind of keeping our sanitation stuff um, that we adopted in the past couple of years in place so yeah it's um it's gonna be an interesting year in terms of seeing how we kind of can sustain those positive changes we made that we think are for the just better general health and san- uh, sanitation of the sanitary conditions of an event like this where you have a lot of people coming from different places all into one uh, location um but also uh Hopefully, feeling like uh, it's things like events are normal again. Um, so I'm kind of excited yeah. to see what that's going to feel like. Um, it felt, uh, you know, seeing it happen at other events is is cool and all, but now I get to actually watch it happen at VGM Con, which is cool. Yeah,
1: the Very only cool. event
0: I can actually
1: compare anything to is Magfest because it's the only thing I go to. But they were they didn't have mandatory masks this year, and I got away. It <laughs> was okay this year. I made it. So it's not to say that safety isn't required, but I don't think it's as necessary as it was just a few years ago.
6: Yeah. I, w- I would say probably every you know fifth person or so had a mask on. You would see them around or as a part of their outfits or, or whatever, but um, yeah, they just sort of went freewheeling with it and it ended up being fine. I mean, I think some people got got a little sick or or took other some other kind of con crud home um something they got from one of the 25,000 people at mag uh, yeah <laughs> yeah I came it's home funny. the year before phone. then was oh.
1: masking required and I did get sick
6: yes oh so go same. figure same that was my one and only it was last year um yeah VGM con last year felt like sort of the end of that you still had the mask requirements but we were sort of entering that next phase um and yeah and I, and I don't you know came home unscathed from that uh but yeah interesting are you doing anything different with uh, the streaming uh this, this year i know you had like some stream shows like an online component for the vgm con stuff and you had uh you had good old Joshua doing the the streams and interviews with bands and stuff are you doing the same thing this year for people that can't go
0: we are. So um yeah, twitch.tv slash VGMcon will be streaming um in parallel with one of our sister events, um uh, Midwest Speedfest. So they are hosted um on site at VGMCon and are a speedrunning marathon. Um so we'll be streaming in parallel with them. So it'll actually be two streams to tune into if you aren't able to make it out and join us in Minneapolis. And what cool. we're sounding like is we're gonna have quite a bit more, um, and people really liked the interviews that we were doing last year on the online stage. And so it sounds like that's going to be making a a strong return and kind of have a little more intentionality behind it. And um, we're giving it some more space site at the event. So yeah, it's looking like it's going to be an even better and bigger and better version of of last year's online stage. Um, and that all came out of really a need to adapt to to covid in the first place was in you know we had to cancel our 2021 event and go all online that year and then people liked it so much that we we felt like we had to make it a permanent part of the event going forward so that um people from wherever people can enjoy a, a slice of VGM Con from wherever in the world they'll find themselves sitting during that weekend and uh what were yeah, the challenges of, of holding
1: bigger. what were the challenges of holding an online convention? Like how how exactly how did you structure programming? Uh was was there a schedule that you adhered to? Was it just kind of like a fly by the seat of
0: your pants kind of deal? I'm very curious to know more about that. Yeah, 2021 uh VGM Conline as we called it <laughs> uh was that was really <laughs> as a as a team we were definitely flying by the seat of our pants because none of us were really experienced stream producers a a couple of us had streamed before like um you know doing let's play kinds of things um but to run a whole production that was very new to us so we were really learning on the fly um but it it turned out really well we we had um it, I guess one great thing about it was there was there was only one stage to manage, right? It, and that's the stream. So um, we had a, a schedule with a mix of of live music in some cases, in some cases pre recorded stuff, and then also the same with panels for live and pre recorded. Um, and we somehow fit all of that into uh three days of of programming and we still went to actually to the same hotel that we're at now and we rented like just two rooms in that hotel and we had like the uh the sort of uh command center of the the stream in one room and then like a, a, a sort of break room in the other room and um that was our our first time at that hotel actually, which is funny. It was for our online event only with only literally six people in the building. (laughs) Jeez. But, uh, that was, uh, done well enough that it, it, uh, kind of necessitated that we had to keep doing it even when we returned to, to in-person events. So, so yeah, thanks to, uh, to Jersh over at bonus stage. We have kept it going and now have, three stages at our events uh we have the boss mm. stage hero stage and then the online stage that's very cool uh as an attendee what
1: else can i look forward to at VGMcon obviously there's going to be concerts and panels uh what's there in terms of like games to play or merch to buy
0: what's going on there so we've got merch uh it's going to be a mix of you know local and regional um Artists, um, exhibitors, um, and you know, so you'll be able to expect to buy some original artwork. You'll be able to expect to buy or um, peruse different um, games and systems and controllers and tabletop games and such. Uh, we also we partner with a, a local gaming store called Highlander Games to um, help fill out our gaming room as well. So um, you'll be able to expect. Uh, you know, similar to what you see at any, uh, convention exhibitor area, um, as a smaller and volunteer run event like ours, it's not going to be, you know, a, um, an aircraft carrier, an aircraft carrier. What am I saying? (laughs) Sorry, I can't English for a second. (laughs) I
1: can't English um,
0: on the regular and I do a podcast. Let me tell you, it is problematic. <laughs> it, it, yeah, when you when you just get talking for so long, you're you're kind of bound to to talk yourself literally into a hole you can't climb out of. Uh it's but you know okay. in, Aki, say um, something stupid. An aircraft carrier sized uh <laughs> exhibitor room. Uh you can Jake up that's not that's not gonna be there. But uh, we're gonna we will have um a a good variety of of folks i think it's full i think our we've had to close our application because we've i think filled the room with uh with exhibitors and such so um yep and then we've got a dedicated um tabletop gaming area and then console gaming area we've also got uh so last year we had this so we're sponsored by voodoo ranger which is a uh new belgium uh ipa brand and we had this awesome place last year Grant I hope you got to see it. the Voodoo oh. Ranger lounge
6: Oh I was going to ask if they were there again this year Drop it was, bits was, You know what Mag it's it's okay this is like the only VGM convention I've been to where you could just go get a cocktail and then just take it in and watch a band and it was just so nice it was even during Gunderslam hey, Kids the side stage was across from the Voodoo Ranger bar and I have a video of this. It's pretty. It's pretty awesome. But he he during one of the songs before the drop, he he jumped off stage with his wireless, ran through the crowd, out the door into the bar, ordered a beer, came back in, and then got on stage and, and took a swig and set the beer don, down just before the drop. And it was like it was incredible. So anyway, yeah, I was hoping Voodoo might be uh, there
0: again because that that little lounge was a lot of fun. So yeah, the, the, uh, the lounge right across from um, our second stage uh, was, it was uh, set up really cool with all the windows like blacked out and shaded. And then we had all these lights um, all over the place, like RGB lights, um, and then a couple of arcade cabinets. And it just had like the, the perfect energy in that room. We weren't even, we weren't sure how that was going to go over in there. Uh, in the voodoo ranger lounge but it it turned out to be a huge hit and a lot of the feedback in our feedback form was please please bring this back next year so voodoo ranger will be back um we're toying around with some ideas of where to put that lounge again but it will be making a return um because of how much of a hit it was last year cool great you're gonna show
6: me all the cool stuff there what the cool (laughs) of course i am i mean if you ask nicely i'll show you all the cool stuff there.
1: Also very cool is a cool gamer in chat who dropped a 100 biddies. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for the follow. Thank you for the biddies. Good to have you here. Uh we're chatting with Vaughn from VGM Con is going down this April 19th through the 21st in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota.
0: Uh, did we talk about why Minneapolis? No, we we didn't. Um so, I guess the 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 really kind of cut and dry reason for that is that um uh so so here's how vgm con really started um our founder tom uh he as part of um sort of a school project but also just out of a a, a passion f- uh for vgm saw a th- you know that there wasn't an event of its type in minneapolis And decided, okay, well, I'm going to start that myself. Um, And then my history of getting involved was I I went to a little website called (laughs) google.com. It's pretty obscure. Not many people know about it. Um, But it's this neat little search engine I like to use sometimes. And I typed in um, gaming music, video gaming convention, video gaming music convention in Minnesota. And up came this. This thing called Gamers Rhapsody, which uh, was what eventually became VGM Con, and I thought, oh, that sounds cool. I want to try and perform there. And uh, enough other people had that idea locally that we um, gradually kind of got involved as volunteers and then as a planning team. And we decided, well, let's let's kind of take this thing off of just Tom's shoulders and kind of all collectively take this on, build something a little more robust and community driven and we decided that uh, then to turn it into a a non um and incorporated it into a you know an actual entity and decided to move it forward as VGMcon from there so yeah uh it really was just enough local people all saw the same lack of an event of that type i mean we have plenty of we have a lot of huge uh you know anime conventions there's a really big gaming convention in town called 2Dcon Um, and there was just nothing for, uh, VGM and responding to that need. The the most logical thing was, well, okay, we'll, we'll take that on. And, um, that's kind of how it happened was there was, there was enough of a, a group of people here to, to make it possible. And it's crazy to me to think that now people are traveling from Pennsylvania, from, from all over the, the U.S., and even from uh, international points of origin to come to Minneapolis for a, a video gaming event. It's, it's, it's really crazy to think about. From this show alone, you're
1: going to have me, you're going to have our friend Purnell from Virginia, uh, Chris Taylor is going to be going from Texas, and Brooke Poole is going to be going from California. All four oh, of us... We're all on the, the Tuesday recording shows. All four of us are planning on being there this year. So you've got an entire podcast crew ready to hang out there and party.
0: I love it. it, it coast to coast and north yeah. to south. That's the, that's the whole Indeed. nation.
1: Getting the whole country there. It's that all because awesome. of people yeah. in California and Arkansas and, and Missouri. <laughs> oh, man. I love it. Uh, I know we've been chatting for quite a while. Is there anything that you wanted to chat about with VGMCon that we didn't bring up?
0: <laughs> um, I, th- I think, um, one of, one of my favorite things about VGM con, um, and the, the, the facts of the size that we are right now is that it almost feels like you get to, to meet nearly everyone at the event, which is really cool to me. um, I love going to big events, too, because they have an, an energy and a vibrancy, and they go late into the night, um, and I, I do find that really exciting, but there's something really cool about going to an event like like ours, where it really feels like you get, it's so intimate, you feel like you get to meet everyone, and I have this this uh, this memory that lives rent-free in my head of um, the year that we had Chad Cider. I want to say this is 20, must have been 2019. Um, and we do an, an orchestra clinic every year, an orchestra community orchestra concert and you do a couple of rehearsals and then a concert at the end. Um, we, so as a, a string player myself, as a violist, um, I helped write, uh, half of our arrangements for that year for the, the, what we were expecting to be a string orchestra. Um, and I had them in a little binder somewhere in like the operations room at the, At the event Um, and I think I had to step away for a bit and then um, Chad Sider and his uh, his small group show up and are kind of in the operations room while we're getting you know like his badge ready and he sees what looks to him as you know a a composer and arranger he sees what look oh he sees a little binder and it looks like it's got music and it's got to have music in it so he you know following his intuition opens up when it turns out to be my binder of these string orchestra arrangements, um, flips through them. And then he asks one of the other staff members is like, Hey, what are these? Uh, who, who did this? What is, what is this for? Um, and then someone was like, Oh, I think that's, um, Vaughn's, uh, string orchestra arrangements for the, you know, the orchestra clinic they're doing this weekend. And he, you know, nods to himself and it's like, these are, these are some great little arrangements here. This is, this is good stuff. And then, so. Chad and I were at like the precursor to what would become the Voodoo Ranger Lounge in years later. Um, completely, me unaware of that happening, we're sitting there talking for a while. Um, had a, probably like two hours of just random conversation with each other, um, and then like days after the event, someone let me know about the whole orchestra binder thing, and I, I went, "What?" Chad looked at my arrangements and said, "What?" <laughs> and, you know. It's just really cool to have, like, I think from each year I've had at least a cup, a handful of those kinds of, you know, one-on-one, like, really personable memories and experiences that have stuck with me. Um, and I think I hear a lot of that from people, especially talking about 2020, which was like, you know, the last event in the world yeah. <laughs> for, for a lot of people. Um, just those those memories, those interpersonal memories that uh, I think a smaller more intimate event can really lend itself well to and so that, that's my really my favorite aspect of our event and i hope that's what a lot of people this year coming to 2020 taking a chance on us and coming out to 2024's events will also come away feeling that oh wow i got to have these really unique experiences that i wouldn't have gotten anywhere else i
1: am very much looking forward to it uh again
0: when is it how
1: much are tickets to go
0: Oh, thank you for reminding me. This is, as the social media guy, I really should have.
1: Get all the, get all the info up. out there so we all know what's going on.
0: Yes, so the dates are April 19th through 21st in Minneapolis, Minnesota, of course. Um, and I would be remiss not to tell you that uh, the, the price for the full weekend registration will increase in on after the 18th. So on February 19th, The price will go up like at, you know, 12.01 a.m. So if you are thinking of joining us us this year, um, you'll save, you know, a a good chunk of change by registering for the full weekend price between now and then. So um, but yeah, if you go to vgmcon.org, you'll find um, everything you need to do for registration right now. It's sixty three dollars for the full weekend um and after this price increase we'll also have like day passes. So if you happen to be a local uh and you're only going to be able to go to for for say let's let's say Saturday, there will be a you know a Saturday day registration you can do as well. Um but yeah, you can find us at vgmcon.org and also on all of our social medias. If you search vgmcon, you'll see a blue and white logo and that'll be us. It looks like a little game controller with music notes on it. Um, also our schedule is up for, for you to view and it is stacked. Uh, I mean, I I feel like I say that every year, but it's, it is truly stacked this year. Um, and we start Friday at one 30 and go all the way till Sunday at about, uh, 4 PM. So, you know, a, a solid, a solid three days of, of nerd stuff to enjoy. Now you do shut down for a few hours overnight, so
1: people could actually like sleep and shower and rest and all that fun stuff, right?
0: We do. Uh, Thank God,
1: Magfest. I love Magfest being open the whole time, but like I'm so pressured to always be doing
0: something. Yeah, how much sleep did you get at Magfest? Not much. I I didn't get much. much. Sleep doesn't happen much at (laughs) Magfest. You can expect to get a little more at vgm con um if only because our team needs it, so we we'll, you know'll <laughs> we'll, um but there is a the one weird quirk of the hotel is all of the rooms are kind of in this uh there's this sort of um landing going up the stairs at each level, and all of the rooms kind of sit on either the the left or right side of the landing um and What kind of happens is at the, you know, Friday night and Saturday night, as people are slowly going up and things are winding down for the night, they're heading up to their rooms. Inevitably, someone is going to see someone they know at one of those landings. And then someone else who's coming up the stairs is going to see someone in that group. And (laughs) and eventually it just kind of grows into like this, this party, uh, this 2 a.m. gaggle of, of, of uh, VGM nerds hanging out um, at each landing. It's, it's, it's actually really cool to see. So oh, it's fa- it's I'm very exciting,
6: fascinating. It's a fascinating hotel. it's it's it reflects a lot about how things are built in a place like Minneapolis versus here uh, or other places. but it it it's kind of like it feels sort of like an indoor motel in a way, as opposed to a hotel with hallways. It's got this sort of open, open middle area that you walk down and then can then take stairs to either side of the wall so that you're looking at that are the doors to the room so it's it's completely enclosed and heated and everything but it's just you can't help but just catch people like you know in magfest you just see this every hallway looks the same you're just trying to beeline for which elevator is your best guess um so you just end up seeing more people around because everything's sort of open uh you can you can catch people coming in and out of rooms and stuff so those those meetups makes sense. It's just the place sort of lends itself to that. So,
0: so Joe, if you w- if you want to sleep, take the elevator and just avoid all that, you know.
6: <laughs> there you go.
1: No elevator parties at VGM Con. Grant, you got to start the v- the uh, VGM Con elevator parties.
6: I mean, whatever whatever elevator you're in is the is going to be the <laughs> By yourself in a in a in a in a pool float uh, a, <laughs> just standing there having a beer. Oh know. man.
1: Uh, did anyone else have any questions for Vaughn before we let him go? I'll, I'll take that silence <laughs> as a no uh,
2: actually no no, no, actually, I did. I kind of once again, I forgot I had my microphone off of um thank you. so uh, you had mentioned that you know you do live showings and stuff like that. um is there like a like do you folks offer like a way of like all right, well, you bought a ticket of it like here like here's like an mp3 of like the entire you know set uh that you you know just put out money for like is there anything like that that you folks do or is that up to the
0: individual bands or in in terms of like um like the live recordings from the event yeah yeah so we do um kind of record off of our boards and send those back to uh the performers and so it's kind of up to them what they do with it. Um a lot of performers, you know, will go and put that on on their YouTube or or you know, they'll stream it back on Twitch or something and have like a sort of watch party. So it's kind of depends on the performer. Um, but yeah, between between that and between our our online stage, which is is all online and therefore um, you know has has that all recorded already. Um yeah, there is kind of a a lingering presence of those performances. Okay.
2: I, I was just curious because like the one time I went to Magfest, like I remember asking the guy at like the soundboard, like, this is being recorded, right? Like, and he just kind of like shrugged me off. And like it disappointed me, like, you know, there wasn't a lot of footage, or at least, you know, last time I had looked. Um of those performances. Cause I mean, there was like a lot of awesome bands that like I discovered uh, those evenings uh, cause of that thing. And it's just like, I don't know. Part of me is just like, it, it, like it's a shame for that kind of stuff to be lost.
0: Mm. We're also uh, making a, a, like a Spotify playlist uh, featuring all of the performers. Um, so that'll be another way to, and also I guess to like preview who's going to, going to be at VGM con. Um, so there's going to be, you know, tracks from, from a, all of our performers that have, have streaming services up. Um, and you can kind of take a look that way. Cool. That's all I got. <laughs>
1: <laughs> awesome. Well, Vaughn, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show, chatting with us about VGM con, uh, it was a pleasure having you on. I can't wait to meet you again out at VGM con and party with you. And uh, just have a good time. I can't wait. I'm very much looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, Joe, you're gonna have a a, a voodoo ranger with your name on it at at VGM con <laughs> on me. So, yeah, thanks for stopping by our our booth at MagFest. It was a pleasure to talk to you, and I'm I'm really glad that we decided this would be a good fit to to have me on for the show. Thank you, everyone.
1: Yeah, come back again sometime, maybe uh, closer to the event. You can come on and hype it up one more time and uh, chat more. Sounds good. <laughs> Be happy to. Cool. Uh, does anyone have any, any final words before Vaughn
6: splits? Looking forward right. to it.
5: Yeah, I'm looking what? forward to trying to get into this next year, maybe. <laughs> this year was too short a notice for me. So
6: it's
1: okay. We'll Bri, be back in want- 2025. Don't you worry. All right. And the SML party will grow year after year. EGM Con. <laughs> oh, man. Good
0: stuff. Vaughn, do you have any final words before we wrap this up? Uh yeah, um, I'm really excited that for our tenth year we're gonna have what sounds like so many new faces uh, coming to VGM Con, and I I hope that that means we're gonna have uh you know as one of like the core members uh of our team I'm often thinking about where is VGM Con going, what will it look like in the future, and uh, yeah, looking back on on ten events. And it makes me really optimistic that we're building a a community that can, I mean, VGM VGM as a whole, not just our event, is a a really amazing community and by far the best, uh, you know, fan community I've ever been a part of. And yeah, I'm I'm super excited to, for this year's event and to see where our event and where our community goes in the next 10 years. Um, And thank you all for being a part of that thank you again for coming on
1: uh it it means a lot that you're doing stuff for vgm i've been a part of the vgm community since the early days of oc remix back when it was orange uh if people know they know (laughs) but uh it's it's just great to see people celebrate vgm and gaming music and my cats jumping on me coltrane what do you want oh she she ruins moments my cats are good at doing or it makes yeah. them better. <laughs> uh Vaughn, have yourself a wonderful night and thank you again for joining us. Thank you all as well. And see you in April. All right. Take care. See ya. All right. Uh news. Should
2: we, I, should we- hold on? I just want to say how disappointed I am in you, Joe, with your introduction. <laughs> you said instrumental and you didn't even try to play it off as a pun for for a for a convention about music. What the crap, dude? Boo. What the crap?
1: I have standards.
2: You're terrible. I am terrible. (laughs) When
1: haven't I been terrible? (laughs) Uh, You want to know what else is terrible? Microsoft's conference today, after making Uh, us wait a week for this hyped up... uh, For this hyped up
4: 22 minute long thing that might as well have been a five sentence... It could have been an email. It
1: could
5: have been, yeah. <laughs> been a tweet, yeah. I, this, it could have been a 5 an email.
1: <laughs> Last week when the rumor uh, started and everyone was like, oh, Microsoft's going third-party, Xbox is dying forever, Microsoft should have just been like, yo, four games, that's it. And they're old. We're not going to tell you what they are. The you know the Game Pass. Okay, bye. And that was it.
6: They didn't say what they were. I, I, I was I
2: Verge, Verge they what they were? supposedly has what they are. The, uh, the rumored
1: games are Hi-Fi Rush, Pentiment, Sea of Thieves, and Grounded.
6: Okay, I saw that.
5: And those make sense know. based they on do. the things that, you know, folks are yeah. said. But that doesn't, I, I don't know what their source is or whatever. And yeah. Because I mean, the source Spencer of mentioned, is- Two of
1: them were small titles and two of them had games with large communities built around them. But they were new IPs, which is basically Sea of Thieves and Grounded. And then the two small games, I mean, Hi-Fi Rush is basically confirmed from all the leaks that have come out. And Pentiment makes sense on the Switch, (coughs) so might as well make that everywhere.
5: Yeah.
6: Yep. I'm not Uh, going to
2: lie. I'm a little disappointed that, like, it's just that. I mean, like... I. I thought it would have been cool to like have Starfield and Indiana Jones on other uh, consoles and stuff like that.
1: Well, they confirmed like, those two are not among the four, right, obviously.
2: Right. And I mean, they also said like, it's not like it couldn't happen in the future. It's just the, like we're looking at four, we're going to see how it goes. And then yeah, maybe and there's
1: no like, promises beyond those four games. So if you're a switch or PlayStation owner, you're thinking you're going to get everything day one on those consoles not yet although phil spencer does believe exclusives are going to become less of a focus for the game industry in the next few years uh he feels that community driven games seem to be among those more likely to go cross-platform and uh again they they just restating that all first party games will be on game pass day one which is important game pass subscribers yeah I mean Diablo's coming to Game Pass. They did announce that. That was like the really? only other nugget of info that came out during this event. March twenty eighth, Diablo four will hit Game Pass. Uh and then they announced that they're up to thirty four million active subscribers on Game Pass.
3: Ooh.
6: So that's Jeez.
1: that's pretty good for them. I think 30, they're thirty yeah. four million? Wow. Yeah.
6: What it's plus subscribers, I wonder. PlayStation Plus uh, total between. I one don't know. Here. I
1: know the the last reported number for uh, for Game Pass was like twenty two million, so they've gone up significantly. Huh. And you have to feel that Starfield definitely helped. I guess so. I don't know. Anyway, they did say that there is more hardware coming. They have more creators building for Xbox than ever before. They're focused on making the largest technical leap for the next generation and there are going to be some kind of hardware announcements coming for this holiday season. A lot of people are expecting it to be that digital only Series X, which I like, I'm, I'm in interested. the
4: one that looks like the Alexa.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm interested in a console yeah. that has two terabyte of storage, but I'm not interested in one without a disk drive.
5: Definitely. Yeah,
4: I I am not particularly interested in one that only has two terabytes
2: <laughs> i want to would... have more
4: yeah
6: really? I, I,
2: I was uh, bouncing off of Aki saying yeah two terabytes is not enough like no way no how
4: it wasn't enough for th- for the uh, series s and x it's not going to be enough for the next
2: generation oh hell it wasn't even well, enough that's for not the Xbox next generation
1: One. that's for the series x it's the next gen, the next version of the Series X. It's not the next gen console. We don't know what the hell is going to be in the next gen console yet. I think it's way too early to speculate on that.
4: It's really hard to be like, oh yes, we're going to go super far in our tech with this next one, but it's just an upgrade. That hey, we n- that kind of I don't think so. That no, two different, if different they're machines. Making it, Aki,
1: they're they're two different machines. The, nah. the next technical leap is going to be for the next gen, but the next hardware announcement is just going to be a revision of what's currently available.
4: Oh, okay. Yeah. You think that I, really, uh, I hope it's not an Alexa looking thing because that thing's so fucking ugly. It is. So it's ugly. going to be. Everyone knows that's it. what it's gonna be. <laughs> I really hope, if anything, they just redesigned it to be a box or something that just looks so ugly i hate the design of it
5: well Uh-oh. we still have other kitchen appliances we could try and make it look like we we don't have a microwave yet
6: i want an xbox popcorn maker that's what i want
5: can we get a blender for our beverages i mean there's there's options
6: they have a toaster
1: now don't they, they yeah have exactly yes S, they S, have toaster. The
5: S toaster yeah
1: they have the fridge The they X could fridge. make it look like
4: a toaster i'd be cool with that then you put the disk in on the top, okay, they, cool. they already have the that.
1: toaster. it's the series s yeah,
4: it just doesn't have a disc, disc slot yeah. so it's not enough oh, like it man. there we go
6: <laughs> you think and then, you think you think they'll put out a uh a drive add on like the PlayStation did, or do you think this this is the uh, this is the idea is just to go digital, so there's no reason to do that.
1: I think their idea is to go digital, yeah, I think you're right. I would like to see a disk drive if they release that two terabyte console with an optional disc drive that you just plug in through the USB port on the front. I'm in, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause I need that extra storage space.
5: (laughs) Why it's
1: been what four years. This console has been out. Why the fuck don't they have anything bigger than two terabyte for their expansion drive yet? Come on. You're breaking my balls. Microsoft need. I need more space. (laughs) Let me sell off a kidney. Uh, I do think it's funny that they talked a lot about backward compatibility <laughs> without restarting the backward
6: compatibility program. What were they talking about yeah. as far as backwards compatibility?
5: Just, just game preservation <laughs> yeah. in general. Yeah. Um, Wanting yeah. to respect and- player investments in terms of their libraries. I felt like that was a, a good thing to mention. But
6: Yeah, but at the same time you're taking away the drive. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I just don't know what that means. Does that mean like bringing yeah. legacy games well, to game
4: it it, was, it, it it was also partly a question of what's going to happen to everyone spending money in this new streaming future that you're trying to take us in and they just immediately instead of answering that question went and talked about <laughs> gaming preservation stuff by saying still mostly nothing that entire section was pointless
1: there there was <laughs> a lot that i everything. questioned about that conference but well not even a yeah, conference was really it was
5: rehearsed 20 and minutes. scripted yeah
1: that that's what annoyed me the most is how scripted and fake it felt like if you're gonna do a scripted conference do a scripted conference just be upfront about what you are but to play it off as like this is a fast and loose podcast experience no we're a podcast come on our show talk to us because you won't get the softball questions and softball answers despite the fact that we don't ask hard-hitting questions i would i would be like yo Where's the fucking backward compatibility program? Please.
4: I wouldn't let them go back. until they answered the question that was asked. That's why I they're want, not on I want to know what's going to happen when we yeah, buy stuff on that's why they're on not streaming. on our show. Hi, Coltrane yeah, again. The Got cat just cat. loves you.
1: And now she just immediately jumped out. Anyway, PlayStation oh. Plus, the catalog editions have been announced. Uh, a lot of good stuff joining the extra catalog. They're getting Need for Speed Unbound, The Outer World Spacer's Choice Edition, Tales of Arise, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Lego Worlds, Lego Jurassic Park, Rogue Book, Rogue Lords, and Tales of Zestiria.
4: Okay, so they got a lot of very nice things. Okay. They did. Congrats to everyone who's with that. Those, almost every last one of those I knew and really liked. So.
1: Yeah. And then the Classics Collection. Eh. They get Resistance Retribution from the PSP. That's pretty cool. And then the other two are just PS4 games. Symphonia Remastered and Vesperia Remastered.
5: It's a lot of Tales. Those are nice games at least.
1: They're good, but they're not like... They should be in the extra section. They shouldn't be in the classic section. Because they're PS4 games. They're not PS1 or PS2 or PSP. Grumble, grumble.
4: Uh, Tales of (laughs) Arise is also going to hit
1: Game Pass on February 20th.
4: Nice. Which is great. Yeah. I, I hope it comes to like the streaming thing <laughs> as well. That'd be nice. Then I don't have to install it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, Sony will not be releasing, quote, any new major f- existing franchise titles before March 2025. Good thing they're getting a bunch of Xbox
4: games. <laughs> mm.
6: That's a long time from now. That's interesting.
4: What, do, I know. It's mean- <laughs> Does that mean they're just releasing, like, re-releases and ports? And or they may
5: have new content like coming. Like, yeah, it just might be not... new
1: IPs. It just nothing. Yeah. Like, you're not going to see a new Last of Us. You're not going to see a new God of War. It's mm-hmm. going to be I new IPs or possibly nothing. Yeah. It depends on what their schedule looks like.
4: New IP would be cool. I, I'm always up for seeing new things coming out, even if yes, they, you know. Don't always work well.
1: Hi, Coltrane again. (laughs) Uh, The game Obey Me was delisted this week on the 15th. All DLC is gone as well.
2: So, did you end up getting the DLC uh,
1: for it or no? No, no, I didn't. I I couldn't drop six bucks on shirts.
2: What do you mean six?
1: There were three of them that were two bucks each.
2: Dude, if you. taken down. Uh, Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, if you bought the complete edition or whatever, it had everything.
1: Didn't have the complete edition.
2: Oh, did you already own the game? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I get you now. All right. Then, yeah, no, I totally agree. Fun- yeah, I didn't
1: DLC. want to drop six bucks on, on clothes. But okay. Ones-
2: I, 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 yeah. yeah, Okay. Because yeah, if you didn't already own it, the complete edition was only like four bucks more. So yeah. yeah. Okay. No, I looked at gotcha. it. Gotcha. No. Gotcha. Gotcha.
1: Kingdom Come Deliverance has topped 6 million units sold. Good for them. What kind of of game is that? Uh, Hardcore RPG. Yeah.
4: Very hardcore. Yeah. Uh,
1: Very similar.
4: Yeah, I have no idea how anyone plays that game. I have a feeling I would (laughs) die within like 10 minutes.
1: (laughs) And of course, if Aki doesn't know how to play something bad.
4: (laughs) Yeah, generally. (laughs) I I can agree with that summary, yeah.
1: (laughs) It needs to have And just because I know
4: how to play it doesn't mean it's any good.
1: (laughs) True. Like both. Uh, To date, Embracer has cut more than 1,400 employees, and they have canceled 29 unannounced games, and they warn that more can be coming.
4: Holy Mm, shit. Maybe they wouldn't be in such financial problems if they fucking released a goddamn game finally. Well no, they released like a lot of stuff. Release them.
1: Well they were probably like early in development. I doubt that they cancelled 29 games that were about to be released. I don't considering know, they I don't were put unannounced.
4: Companies anymore.
1: There may have been a few that were close to release, but I I doubt there were many that were far along. But uh, Bandai Namco also reportedly canceled five unannounced titles as they want to focus on ha- higher quality releases. Okay. So there's there's some more games gone. And then uh, Maximum Entertainment is reorganizing and unifying all of its divisions into one group. Maximum Games, Modus Games, Modus Studios, Just for Games, and Merge Games will now all just be known as Maximum Entertainment.
5: Noted.
2: Yeah. Okay. That definitely won't get confusing. Not at
5: all. No.
1: Especially when they have games coming out under all those names still. Uh, uh-huh. That's the news I got. Anyone else? What, uh, Aki, any news?
4: No. God, no.
1: Free anything?
5: I do have one thing. Uh, a Yuden Chronicle 100 Heroes news. The scenario writer and head of Rabbit and Bear Studios, Yoshitaka Murayama, passed away on February 6th. And he will not be able to see the launch of his passion project. Uh. That sucks. I knew that's about
4: heartbreaking so we didn't need to
5: hopefully that. that's fun, uh, yeah the 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 work had been done and the game as far as we know is still set to launch uh, in April but um if you are invested in that project and you did not hear that news um, they are accepting uh notices for the family and things they have an email address that you can send information to they're they're not asking for any you know flowers or anything to be sent but uh the the he was you know one of the head creators of this, and uh, he was really driven by the fan support. So uh, being able to pass that information on to the family is helpful.
1: That, that's sad news. It's yep. so close to release. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jacob, any happy news to make up for that?
2: Uh, I'm scrolling through the Facebook. Oh my God, no! Uh, I didn't post any <laughs> news articles this week. Jeez, all I did is. Post. memes shit yeah memes and shit oh wait no there is going to be a uh, arcade opening up down in virginia uh and down in uh brandy st wait what is it called brandy station in case you're in case you want some good news where there's going to be a new arcade
1: yay
2: cool.
6: yay 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 grant any news on your end uh, this No Man's Sky trailer went up for this new Omega update. Looks kind of neat. I think I'm Ooh, done. Yeah. With it. I think I'm done with that game. I played it about a year and a half ago. With, <laughs> played it for a while, um, but this one's sort of focused on. It's focused on big multiplayer expeditions and stuff. It looks pretty neat. They rebuilt the Atlas system and destroying freighters and all that stuff. But it's it, with a big focus on the multiplayer aspect, which is kind of cool. So they just keep doing that. They keep updating that game and making it better. And it's kind of. Wild to see. It's also really weird because I still think of No Man's Sky as a first-person game, but it just defaults to third-person now. Really? Um, yeah, it's been that way for a while. When you watch gameplay for the new expansions, it's like I, I guess you can see, your, see your outfits and the world near around you a little better. But yeah, it's. But they I just might
1: keep have to try it now up it up it. if it's a third-person game. That's one thing I didn't really like about it.
6: Yeah, I it liked first-person. first-person, so I, I, I switched to it. Um, but yeah, you don't, It defaults to third, and <laughs> it's changed a lot. Um, but yeah, they're still, still kicking. Oh, cool. uh,
1: anything else? Nope. Nope. dive into reviews. Let's go. Sure. Well, cool. Grant, you good going third after uh breeze two reviews? You betcha. Coolie beans. Let's start off with The Inquisitor, developed by The Dust, published by Calypso Media, released February 8th on Series X and S, PS5, and PC for thirty nine ninety nine. You are Mortimer Matterden, an Inquisitor, and in God's service sent to the town of Königstein, which is plagued by a series of mysteries and sins, solve the various cases and crimes of those who have transgressed against the faith, all while uncovering the truth of a darker evil from another realm that is trying to enter the world of the living. Bree. what is going on in the Inquisitor?
5: So this is the first time I've ever felt like I want to give a content warning at the beginning of a review. So I'm going to just say this is, this is a, a dark alternative Christian story where Christ is vengeful, and um, this may not be for everyone. It also has depictions of torture and dismemberment that are pretty um, visceral in, at times for uh, what I'm used to seeing in a video game so um just just be warned this might not be for you um so yeah i just
1: i I usually google the store pages so i could pull up the store page and share it in the chat uh the little quick blurb for this one for xbox just says jesus did not die on the cross but came down and unleashed vengeance on all the non-believers
5: yeah he burned tell me of reason more. Why I didn't take this yeah, game. D- uh, yeah, i'll I'll tell you a little bit more. so yeah, there's there's a, a a graphic in the beginning where you see him, and he's you know the normal story we're used to, where he's uh you know, nailed to the cross by the Romans. and he uh instead of you know, dying for our sins, he rips his fists off the cross, and the the cross becomes a bent symbol that these people uh, use in place of the normal cross. Uh, and he fights off the Romans and burns Jerusalem to the ground and just goes on this bloody rampage and becomes the ruler of the people. He tells God, no, I'm sorry, I see who they are, and uh, I won't stand for it. And so now there's this like militant group of inquisitors, and it's a very bloody, um, different take on that story. <laughs> so, yeah, wow. just, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's a lot. But um, Mortimer Matardine, our Inquisitor's Journey, is in 1500s Königstein, Germany, and he's sent by the Holy Order to find a vampire rumored to be in town. Vampires are kind of like unbelievers who pervert the faith, but they can, if they you know are really bad, become something like the bloodsuckers we think of when we hear that word. Most of the game is fairly story-driven. It was kind of like Assassin's Creed 2 and a Frogware Sherlock game had a baby. Um... You get dialogue choices, uh, morality based. You can be a hard ass or a benevolent inquis- inquisitor. Um, you're basically Which one like did a, you play as? I was a mix. Um, I tried to be fairly benevolent because, or, or kind, because it's just me. Um, but you could see where some of the choices were definitely like you're still going to do the things, even if you're you're pretty nice. But uh, some of some of the. You're not going to get as much out of everybody if you don't actually torture them as an example and there's like an achievement for getting the full story out of someone and I feel like the only way to have done that was to actually like brutally torture the person and I just wasn't down for that at that moment.
3: Hmm.
5: But um I, you're basically I'm a medieval always fantasy bad at games
1: that try mm-hmm. to convince I'm always bad at games that convince you to play certain ways like if it's like I want to play an evil run this time, and then you, the first thing you do is you encounter a dying puppy that you have to choose to save or kill. Like I, I can't yeah. be evil. No, I got to save the puppy.
5: Well, <laughs> and they are immediately is,
1: good for the rest of the game.
5: There is a dog in this game. You can pet him. In fact, there's an achievement for petting him ten times. His name Sweet. is Friend. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, a big portion of the game, you're like medieval fantasy detective, you get to examine bodies and crime scenes looking for clues, you get to look over the body and and uh, kind of similar to like the Sherlock kind of investigation where you're looking for all these different clues. Um, you get to talk to potential witnesses and informants, you use your inquisitor powers to go to the supernatural unworld to get to the truth of things. Uh, there's an eavesdropping mechanic and clue finding on the bodies. Um Most of the action in a lot of that sort of stuff is in the form of quick time events. Uh, And there was this confirmation sound that kind of reminded me of a more subdued Witcher kind of noise at the end of everything, um, which was a little bit like off-putting at first. Um, And there is a little bit of required combat using a sword that's usually easy to navigate. Uh, I'll get back to that. Uh, You use prayer to guide you to uh, objects near you that cast, like, a beam of light, and it'll show your next destination. You get to light candles and pray at different Inquisitor shrines to replenish your faith powers. Um, It gives you, like, a, it's like a prayer site. It's kind of like Eagle Site. It shows you, like, collectibles and, and other objects or people of interest in the area. And you use it a lot as you're wandering around because it is not as intuitive as you might think to navigate the different streets and areas. Because the map only shows up in this one specific section, which is for fast travel, and I couldn't find a map any other place. Um, we don't have to worry about money or leveling up in the game because we are well trained, and the Holy Office is covering all of our expenses. So when you get options where they're like, "Oh, throw this person some money," you're like, "Yeah, whatever. It doesn't. There's no consequence for it." Um, you you can instead, you know, decide to interrogate them or like be a hard ass to them. But yeah. Um, There were some decent cinematic transitions, but I did have one cutscene that just kind of was a big blur and I missed whatever they were trying to show. Um, A lot of the action in the background of the game as you're walking around the city or the town was like pretty alive and, you know, people were moving and talking and doing things, which was nice and kind of gave it a good feel. Um, You also use the shrines to pray to travel to the unworld. And the Unworld is really cool. It's like stealth involved sections. You can fight your way through some of it, but most of it you can do via stealth. And you need your light to survive there. So there's these light wells that you go in. And ultimately, you're going in to find little bits of memories or um, like supernatural uh, essence of what someone really did. You get these pieces together in this little ritual that you find in all these different shrines. Uh, But while you're down there, you're avoiding this like. Merc is what it's called and it's it it will definitely kill you um eventually you get some like bigger horsemen of the apocalypse are involved and you're trying to dodge all of their stuff uh as you're going around trying to to use this mechanic to find the uh the truth of what really went down with you know someone that you can't interrogate in that moment and then I have a section I've just called the bad boy so it's jank and it looks dated. When I mentioned Assassin's Creed 2, I specifically chose that one because some of the graphics reminded me of stuff closer to that time period. Um, there are a rare few puzzles that if you can't figure out, it's just game over. I got stuck at one point. Um, it was a sliding block puzzle, and there was no way to reset the puzzle other than backing out of, and restarting the game. Um, and, yeah, and, and there, there's... Autosave, but some of the checkpoints aren't really good, and there's a lot of backtracking you'll have to do if you're not hitting continue, like, because you've died at a boss fight. If you have to actually, like, quit the game and come back in, it takes you back to an earlier section that is not always uh, helpful. So, that was frustrating, but eventually got my way through that puzzle. There was a couple other puzzles, but there's not too many of them, thankfully. Um, Some of the formula of the game mechanics got a little repetitive. And there's the combat which is kind of meh, I and mean, usually it's, um, it's, it's fairly easy to, to kind of cheese your way through it, but it really sucks when you get to the few sections where it matters, and suddenly you get hung up on every little thing, or an enemy runs into a wall, and then there's the boss fights, which are frustrating, because you're not prepared for them. Uh, once in combat, the camera angle changes, the sword comes out, and all of a sudden your character starts running slowly like he shoved his scabbard up his ass. <laughs> Oh boy. Because of one of the boss fights close to the end, I was actually unable to finish the game. Um, I am going to try again when I have more time, but um, I could not figure out what the gimmick was. If there was one, Um, I could not get any damage on this boss at all. And uh, not for the obvious reasons that uh, took me a few minutes to figure out. Like the first gimmick was to get his shield down. It, it. I got his shield down and I still couldn't get any damage on him because he's just flying around and throwing things at you and you have no way to attack. Uh, it was just really, really frustrating. And again, I was like, okay, well, let me go back to an earlier, you know, the earlier save point and back out. And it was actually so far back when I restarted the game because I was going to just go back and get some collectibles and like rethink, like see if there was other things to do in the game, you know, that I could save and do but the game doesn't work that way it brought me back to the final section of the previous boss and there was like no way to save the game yeah Um, which I mean was not tragic I had just gone and found all these collectibles and then gone back and then nope you just always go back to that point so there were things I really liked about the game I liked the dark fantasy I was enjoying the main story the detective gameplay I could even abide by the combat up until that boss fight (laughs) but that boss fight kind of killed it for me
4: Understandable that would oh. uh, that would be upsetting,
1: oh, the game clock's in at forty bucks. What are your thoughts on the inquisitor?
5: You might be able to get past the boss uh, where I couldn't. maybe some other people will have some insight on the internet on uh what what else could be done in that that but uh, I would say like at best I could give it a try, like a wait for a good sale kind of thing if you're thinking you want to give it a try
1: right. any other thoughts? any other questions from the peanut gallery? Nothing? no,
5: I think I'm good on that one.
1: All right, move on. Next game is Genie Reprise, developed by Tonguk Bodor, published by East Asia Soft, released February fourteenth on Series X and S and PS five for six ninety nine. Take the role of Lula and explore a vibrant fantasy world as she journeys to discover the meaning of the genie and fulfill her destiny. Genie Reprise is an atmospheric fantasy adventure told through the fully voiced poetry, three D first person exploration. Bree, tell us about this one.
5: So this is a meditative exploration game. I absolutely dislike this phrase, uh, walking simulator, but it is, it is, it does uh, match that description as do most of Tonga Bodish's game. Uh, This is related to an earlier sort of series of games called Drizzle Path. Um, So it's a world and story that I'm familiar with. um, And and this one is a reprise of previous genie. you know, kind of reborn. Uh, We've been chosen by a wizard to find the genie of our people. The story is broken into several parts uh, with bits of poems. The poems are Lula reflecting on her life and experiences about grief and love. And it has a lovely narrator voice. Uh, The game elements are really just you collecting crystals. You go into one of the, I think there's like 15 sections. You collect these crystals and then a series of stone pads appear for you to get the next Poetic bit of story, and you go from uh, one pad to the next until they're done telling the story of that that section. And all the collectibles and story stones have beams of light, so it's pretty easy to like look, look up and find the measure wandering around the landscape. And that's really the key, though, about the game is that Bodish builds beautiful, beautiful landscapes, and you just kind of want to stop and look around. I can't tell you how many times I played one of his games and just sat there and been like, screenshot, screenshot, screenshot. Ooh, look over there. Ooh, let me just get this better angle. Screenshot. And sadly, all of those screenshots are gone now because I didn't save them when we were supposed to before they started taking everything away. Uh, um, yeah, I know. Your OneDrive <laughs> lies <okay>. empty. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, my OneDrive was already full of other important stuff, so uh. sadly... But um, I, I think the best way I could describe the experience of this game is imagine walking around something like Skyrim and someone just reads beautiful poetry to you. Um, oh, and good. it tells, you know, <laughs> a bigger story. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a nice, chill ex- story experience um, and, you know, lovely landscapes. So Seems like yeah. it
1: just a chill, cozy little yeah. quick... Is it quick? Is it uh, a breezy Um, experience or is it something that's going to take you a few hours?
5: I would say, you know, you can do it in probably under two hours or, you know, around Um, there, maybe three hours. Um, You know, if you're taking your time, like really like meditating on the story that's being told to you, I don't know, it could take a little longer, but because it's in sections too, if you just want to do like a chapter a night or something like before bed, like you could totally do that because it saves at the end of each section. So yeah. Well,
1: it's seven bucks. Is it worth it?
5: I would say yes. I love Turkish-Botish games, so.
1: I'm glad you know how to pronounce the name. I, <laughs>
5: well, it's I'm, part I'm of my lost cause. I, I'm not sure that I have it 100 percent on all of the inflection, but um, Turkish happens to be something that I researched in my medieval life, so I do. I do understand some of the the letters and how to pronounce some of the things. So, yeah.
1: I'm I'm back. <laughs> it's okay. Bree, <laughs> that is it for you. Do you have a? Any final thoughts, final words before we let you sail on tonight?
5: (laughs) Uh, I wish that the Inquisitor had been better. That's really my final thought.
1: Yeah, that sounds like a bummer.
5: There's so many things I wanted to like about it. Yeah it's a rough premise though like it's I an interesting I, I worry premise, that though it is interesting but I recognize that there are people who would like be offended by that and oh, I was yeah. like seriously considering like not telling some of my friends about this game I'm, I'm like normally I want to talk to everybody about all the cool games I'm playing even if there's like some bad stuff going on I'm like hey I want to tell you about the things I'm doing and I just I was like I have a couple friends I don't know I don't know if I should tell them about this game I'm playing like it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know if they would they would take to this kindly so
1: yeah all right well do you have any final words
5: i think that's it you have a good one -bye.
1: bye bye uh next up system shock pinball developed and published by zen studios released february 15th for pinball fx and pinball m for 549 flip to the death in the depths of space guide the hacker through the citadel station is with cyborgs, mutants, and reprogrammed robots to defeat Shodan. Grant, what is going on in System Shock Pinball?
6: System Shock is cool. I don't know if you heard, uh, but it's uh, a, a pretty amazing franchise. And they, they, they definitely want the extra length to remind you that System Shock is a very scary experience. Uh, it belongs in the Pinball M platform. Uh, that game is, frick- Shoden's freaking scary. Uh, I actually don't know if any lines were lifted from the game, or the original series for this, or if they just did their own thing, but their version of her is fantastic. Uh, the goal of the game is to try and collect reactor codes, uh, code digits to destroy Shoden. So each code is collected by doing like a really specific thing on the play field. All the ramps and all the little places to go all have a sort of a different um mode that plays out some of them uh spawn enemies for you to fight uh others one there is a there's a there's a situation where the the pop bumpers can explode you can basically take a certain ramp and then if you hit the pops they'll they'll you pop them enough they'll actually blow up like reactors which is very satisfying there's this wild uh sort of spiral it's really hard to describe but if you could imagine like kind of like an ice cream cone, like the ice cream on top. It just sort of spirals up. You go up the first spiral. The ball will come around. There's, there's a flipper there to hit it again to go up the next spiral, and then another flipper to hit it again to go up the next spiral. Um, and it's used in a couple different ways. It, it, it enables your locks, but you can if you can fight your way all the way to the top of the spiral, uh, you can choose to destroy this little patrol ro- robot that's up there. Uh, which will you know help you like, allow you to keep your multiplier for the next ball, but if you hit, go all the way to the top and shoot to the to the, in the, the very last r- ramp it it basically gives you this virtual grid uh mini game that plays a lot like breakout uh and it's great um it's basically bouncing a little there's a little paddle at the bottom you move back and forth to bounce a ball up and destroy these little video dudes um all very, very different. All the all the different little mini games they've attached to these modes are quite cool, um, and and they're not really difficult to pull off. I think some of the shots are a bit hard, but none of them are very dangerous. You could try to get to the top of this little spiral thing, but if you screw up, it's not going to lead to a drain. It's going to dump it right back to your flipper. One of the things I really like about this table is that it isn't doesn't it isn't mean. I remember when we were looking at all the different. Um, tables for the original launch of the the pinball m platform there we had a lot of comments about how some of the tables had like really unnecessary drains either right down the middle or the outlines and this doesn't have as much of that i normally like to spend a lot of time in the practice mode to kind of get used to a table and learn the rules i flipped right back to regular three ball play and had some pretty long games satisfying games the 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 path of the ball seems positioned that if you just you, you learn how to nudge correctly you're going to keep it in play most of the time so it's it's pretty friendly except the, for the fact that it's freaking scary um <laughs> so yeah it's 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 quite good i i did not get to any of the like wizard modes but i did play i, I did uh, play through a number of the different main modes defeated some enemies uh it's got a similar feature to the uh, Chucky Pinball. If you remember, you could destroy that gumball machine and it would dump gumballs on the play field. Yeah. There's a similar mode, which I thought was really fun. There's a similar one here with these different these these uh, different color balls that do different things. Um, but cool. really, it was really neat. Really well thought out table. It's it's not particularly difficult to get into multiball. Um, I didn't get to the... It's one of those things where once you... Uh, y- there were a lot of missions in those pinball M tables where you might be working towards something. And if you didn't achieve it and lost your ball, you'd have to start all over again. And that doesn't seem to be the case with this table. So I don't know if it's a, ca- it's a matter of them having learned from some of the last few tables they made, but overall I just found this one really enjoyable to play. And if, and I just, and I dig the, the, the system shock universe. Um, I'm, I'm excited to kind of spend more time with this and, uh, destroy showed because she's terrifying um (laughs) so yeah but yeah they got the vibe right it's a very friendly table some really interesting shots that aren't too difficult um really wild series of vertical flippers that shoot the ball up this ice cream i don't know how to describe it uh but it's really it's really interesting it's very different different layout reminds me a bit of um of uh judge dread the real pinball machine judge dread there's sort of a giant saturn in orbit in the back uh, that can grab your ball and do th- cool things with it so um but yeah. yeah i i definitely plan on getting back to this one
1: did you get to try it on pinball m and fx or just one platform
6: just one platform we had we had this discussion about the difference between m and and uh and pinball effects and how they have there's some features in pinball effects that pinball m doesn't have um, and I know that they've just recently updated effects with some new stuff as well. Um, so I don't know much about what is different. There are, in Pinball M, there is a series of sort of single player quests you can go uh, on to kind like, of yeah! like essentially score challenges and things like that to kind of like work through the, um, work through the, uh, like, uh, I don't know, different. Di- Focusing on different parts of the table, and then by beating those quests, you unlock uh, items that are sort of in the environment built for System Shock. It's the same way there. There was something missing from Pinball Effects that wasn't in Pinball M. What was it? What was the big thing we talked about? I'm trying Is to remember. Is it the, the, like the active leaderboards? Oh, yeah. that's Yeah, that's still... Um, I think that that's gotten a little better since launch, but it's still sort of the same system. They're, they're, they need to, there's some stuff they need to port back and forth between these two platforms i, I feel like um a feature so,
1: parity between the two
6: yeah it, uh, it is that.
1: it is cool that if you buy the table for one platform you get it in both
6: oh i didn't realize that yeah so i could so, go try the pinball expert i didn't realize that well yeah. that's awesome that's, that's great that's why i
1: was i was saying i don't know if the gifting works the same way because uh full disclosure we got a review code for the for the tables yeah. it didn't work so i just gifted grant the table and i said i don't know if it gives you both platforms or just one but you'll find out so i guess i will I if will I'm give it a funny. shot.
6: Yeah, I went straight. For, I went straight for the. So when I when I did redeem that, it did it did basically like label it as a pinball M uh, purchase. Yeah. So I, that's where I went. But I need to go check the FX to see if it's that way as well. Of course, they released it on FX, and if they are if they are saying that it works for both, I'm sure that's it's probably one skew. Yeah, I'm just
1: I'm just both. curious if there's any differences in the table between the FX version and the M version
6: yeah absolutely i mean the table is likely likely the same but there are features around it right like the metagame is a bit different between both so i'll be interested to see or did you notice Um, any like m-rated comments
1: on the table or mm,
6: m-rated yeah i know they kind of blood stuff like that yeah they bloodied stuff up for some of the m tables they didn't yeah so no i did not I, i did not notice anything um egregious uh, Showden's not cussing at you. I don't know. I don't know what might be different, but perhaps there are some notes on that. Um, well frontal sure. pinball nudity. That's it. That's Even though need. she's only a face, full yep. so frontal face. <laughs> 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 I approve wholeheartedly. <laughs> yeah, Aki's in. Aki's in. Shock
1: That's how we get Aki to play pinball. That's right.
4: <laughs> it very well might be.
1: <laughs> Eight hours later, I didn't see a single boob in this. <laughs> Worst oh,
6: game ever.
1: Well, no Grant, the, the table clock's in at 549. What are your thoughts on that?
6: It's a steal. 549, it's a steal. It's not, they're not going to charge, you know, uh, Adam's family price for this. It's a lesser known, uh, oh, it's not as. It's not a classic like that. They're not having to worry about that kind of IP. But I think it's a great table. Uh, it, it's super fun, and I love that kind of universe. I think that's a, I, I, I'm definitely going to go back to it. I'm not, I ain't done with it. I will also say that, uh, this should have been, could have been a part of news, but Pinball uh, the, the Zen Studios just released a new mobile app. Did you see this? Uh is it on Netflix? Is it is on the Netflix?
1: that the Netflix yeah. mobile game?
6: It's called Pinball Masters, and it is a um a collection of like six, seven tables that you just you can just play if you have yeah. a Netflix account. Uh completely different UI. It doesn't have a lot of the f- frills and extras and your custom room and all that stuff of effects but if you just want to play some pinball with some kind of like goals associated with each table it's basically Adams family and then a bunch of their more recent originals um, but if you have Netflix and you want some mobile pinball they never did really keep the mobile platform updated after they put pinball effects up except for the Williams one um, but yeah if you that that's that was released a lot you know in addition to this as well so that's another thing they have going on. Uh, beer
1: says i kind of hate pinball limb with only having eight tables <laughs> one, yeah i know other. i
6: mean it, it's crazy because it, it's like one of those things where they needed a place to put the m-rated stuff so you know they they just launched it towards the end of last year uh and so it's a new platform It'll get better
1: as it grows but exactly they, and, like, and we, where's texas chainsaw i'm waiting for that one
6: i know it was in the it was in their Demo. In the that, demo and it Come was on. super and it was super fun so it i don't was. know what sold that up uh so yeah when that texas chainsaw hits that will be a fun addition too they'll be, be almost hitting double digit tables at that point that's not that's not too bad
1: um, but, uh speaking of root beer gotta give a thanks to root beer for dropping a 50 month sub uh earlier in the show the wrestling referee also dropped the sub as well that i neglected to shout out but we were chatting and I got distracted and I'm old and my brain doesn't work well. So that's what happens.
6: There you go. Yeah. But
2: yeah, but that's not because you're old. It's your brain just doesn't work. It is
1: true. Grant, true. that is it for you. You're going to stick around to the end of the show or are you heading out?
6: I'm going to head out. I'm going to go do some dinner because I'm starving and it's getting late here. So any, I'm any new stop.
1: music we could play at the end of the show?
6: Oh, uh, I don't know. Is there, I'm not sure. I don't know if there is. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think there is. I don't think I've dropped. Yeah, I don't think since the mag uh, show we have we have I dropped anything new. So uh, uh, dealer's choice there.
1: Well, we'll play. We'll play a classic from Stemage. Oh, end the show. Go. Do You have any final words oh. before we let you go?
6: Poopy pants. Oh, so you got. <laughs> Wish I could see all of you at DGM Con, but I can't. So poopy pants. Take care, Grant. All right, see you guys. Later. <laughs> see ya.
1: <laughs> Poopy pants. Poopy pants. <laughs> <dance>. All right. <laughs> next- <laughs> I knew I forgot something. Thank you, Grant. Uh- <laughs> Next game is a time traveler's guide to past delicacies developed by Outlands, published by Sometimes You, releasing February twentieth on Xbox One Series X and S, Windows Store, PS4, PS5 for four ninety nine each. A short game about a fictional time traveler raiding to the past to steal recipes, follow a sock puppet into the dark bowels of time, learn new recipes, meet your long dead ancestors, exploit them to further your cooking skills. Take some pictures of dinosaurs. Appropriate what you can. Jacob, what is going on? The Time Traveler's Guide to Past Delicacies.
2: That is a really good fucking question. (laughs) Um, Because this is a bizarre... It feels like an art game, uh, almost. Um, And it is a very bizarre game uh, so essentially uh there is a group of time travelers who uh they spend like you know like how um like it, uh think about like influencers like on youtube and stuff like that like you know it's just like oh today we're cooking blah 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 blah. you know just like they did back in the 1700s well these folks are like actual like you know, oh yeah, I'm gonna go back in time. Oh, yeah. Literally grab the recipe and then come forward uh into time and enjoy it and you know get to experience all these lost things because sometimes they also have to gather up the stuff because uh stuff has gone extinct and it's just like no longer there. Um and so it's just like you know you're going back once to grab a dish that you know you just can no longer truly make. Um, and it like, it starts off with a weird, um, well, I mean, it's just, you don't know exactly what you're getting into. Cause at first it presents itself as kind of like a point and click adventure, possibly an interactive movie, which it's not actually really an interactive movie, but you know, you watch, you know, the sock puppet talk to you, um, and random crap starts happening uh, that you're just like, oh, ha ha ha! This is wacky and weird. And then there is a plot twist, and I pretty much just can't talk about it. And the description, honestly, like I was, I was waiting to see how they were going to describe it. And yeah, they left out the plot twist too. Good. Um, <laughs> Got to keep that stuff it's, under wraps. Yeah, and it, it's. I will honestly say, like. I figured it was going to head in that kind of direction but I also didn't expect it to. Um and it's really as I said like it's definitely like an art like one of those like weird $5 artistic games um that really just seems like you know the result of somebody coming off of like a 20 day acid trip. Um <laughs> and it was just like the controls are the controls are crap. I mean, part of it's probably on purpose. It might not, but you know, it's standard for these types of games. Um, but it does go into different types of gameplay and you almost end up with like kind of like a Pokemon snap, uh, kind of aspect to it too. And because I got bored and I like these kind of like weird games, I decided to actually like see what I could do with it and what the game creators, uh, decided to let you experience in it. and one of the things I found that was really bizarre is that in one of the areas that you time travel to, I was like, huh, I mean, obviously I'm just supposed to be sticking around in this village. What happens if I leave it because you know sometimes you like you'll die or like there'll be an invisible wall. and the devs either they don't care or you were supposed to figure this out in the first place. um. But, like, so, I decided to like leave the village and to see like how far away I could walk from it, and I ended up uh like I couldn't see the village anymore, uh, like everything started getting a little bit wobbly, and then I saw- see this thing that's off in the distance, and so I start walking towards that, and it turns out that the game just like kind of spits you back right at the like. I don't know it was bizarre, but it's like you can't escape from it even though it looks like you are it it's and I realize like that probably doesn't make sense as I explain it, but that's okay because this game doesn't really either um it does allow for replayability uh I didn't get all the achievements uh see the first run through, even though I'm pretty sure I hit up everything um but it seems like there's also stuff that you're like, you're supposed to discover, like that the game's not really telling you about, um, one of those games. And it's just, yeah, but honestly, like I, I had a heck of a time. Um, I will warn you the point and click part where you have to like actually make the food. Um, on Xbox, at least the uh picking up an item for whatever reason it will immediately drop it and then you have to pick it up again a second time and make sure like you're really holding that a button and then you can drag it to wherever you need to, but for whatever reason you will never be able to pick up stuff on the first time. I don't know, yeah, but anyway, I had a really great time with the game, uh and especially for under five bucks, this is totally friggin worth it.
1: Well, cool. so again 4.99 is the official price. It is on sale for the next couple of days for 3.99. And it's one of those things where if you own the Xbox One version, you get 50% off the Series X version, or if you own the PS4 version, you get 50% off the PS5. It doesn't work the other way around. So you, if you want that stack, you got to purchase one way.
2: You know, the funny thing about this uh, with the stack is that Joe? Was like, you were like, Oh, which one do you want? Xbox One or Xbox Series X? And I'm like, You know, Joe, I'm just getting in this point of life where you know I don't really care about the stack, and you know, I'm probably never gonna play you want this the stack, game again. Yeah, I want the freaking stack on this, uh-huh. like, I'm kicking myself over it because I'm like, Oh, I took the mature high road, and then like, I'm never gonna play this game again after this review. I'm totally gonna fucking play this game again. What the hell, like. <laughs> i'm so annoyed with myself
1: haha ha, you like a game
2: you like a game and you're gonna have to pay for it
1: <laughs> you tricked you tricked you into buying a game <laughs> oh so it's a buy it is it a buy it multiple times kind of buy it
2: it is i thoroughly enjoyed this game
1: cool all right, one final game to talk about tonight is called Ultra Food Mess Deluxe, developed by Painful Smile, published by Silesia Games, released February 14th, Xbox One Series X and S for $3.99. Experience the food mess. Call your friends to explode, shoot, swing, push, dodge, destroy, and eventually ruin your friendship. Jacob, tell us about it. Uh,
2: So this one I thought was going to be... Uh, more or less like a slam dunk for me and the kids to play um because they're big fans of Palooza, which came out i think last year i think it might have been two years ago i don't know it's been a while um which i wasn't fond of but my kids absolutely love the shit out of this game so uh i thought that this would be up a similar nature it's a top-down perspective like party like Uh, party game uh, that involves all these like little different foods. Uh, Mostly you're starting out with fruits and vegetables, but uh, I've started unlocking like cheese uh, characters. And I think there's like a pizza. I'm not sure it was round anyway. Um, but there's all sorts of different mini games where you have to be the last one standing. Uh, like there's one where you have to avoid knives and, uh, forks as they move across the screen. Uh, and, uh, there's another one where like everyone randomly drops bombs, uh, from time to time. And when the bombs go off, it creates holes in the floor. And so not only do you have to avoid the explosion, but you have to avoid, um, uh, the holes in the floor. But, uh, let's see. Um, You have to, you have to avoid saw blades. Sometimes they're just at the end of the screen. Sometimes they're just randomly flying through the level. Uh, One of my favorite ones is uh, there's a ketchup bottle. That's like firing this huge laser and you have to keep running around the map to avoid the laser. And you know, obviously (laughs) it kills everyone else. Um, And the part where I was just like, "Mm, I thought this was going to be good for my kids. I mean, I know it's, you know, I know it's fruits and vegetables and I know it's not actually blood, but like when, uh, your fruit person gets smashed, obviously uh, like stuff that's supposed to be like the juices, uh, mm. from like the vegetable or the fruit, like gets sprayed over the, uh, over the board. And it's like, I know, what I know it's not blood but mm, like
1: it is it is rated e10 for fantasy violence and crude humor i can understand that being a little bit excessive compared to what you would want your kids to play so there's there's one instance where the rating comes into play
2: right um but on the other hand like everything like the action is uh fast and frantic um You know, you could uh, play up to four people. You could also play with bots, you know, if, you know, you're lame like Aki and you don't have actual friends. Um, But uh, honestly, like, I thought it was pretty dang fun. Like, you know, it's not the greatest, but as I said, like, it moves quick enough. uh, Like, each all the levels are at a pretty zippy pace. Um, And yeah, like, honestly, I thought it was a pretty fun party game. Like, it's not the greatest out there. But I had fun for when I played it.
1: Well, it is four dollars and is actually on sale for the next week and a half for three nineteen. What are your thoughts?
2: Well, I don't know. Four bucks compared to three nineteen, that's pretty steep. No, freaking buy it. <laughs> like yeah, like honestly, like it's pretty good. You know, if you're just gonna go after the achievements, those seem to be pretty doable. But you know, I, I think it's a pretty fun couch, uh co-op, I mean, it's not really co-op, but you know, couch multiplayer game. Cool, sounds good. Alright, that
1: is it for this episode. We made it through another one. Yay!
2: Uh,
1: Jacob, Aki, thanks to you two for being here, hanging out. Thanks to Brie for coming on, doing her thing. Uh, Big thanks to Grant for coming on, hanging out with us, chatting about VGM Con with Vaughn with us, who, massive thanks to him for making time to come on. I can't wait to get out there. In April and experience it for myself. Uh, music. This episode, we're going to play something from Stemage because that's what we do when he comes on the show. So, yay! Hey, okay. uh, Aki, yay. You have any final words to end the show? Since you didn't have any reviews.
4: No, I'm going to leave this
2: up to Jacob. Yeah, how come Aki didn't have any reviews?
1: Because she doesn't have an Xbox Series right now, so everything's going to you and Brie instead.
2: <laughs> oh. Well, that sucks.
3: Yeah, uh, I, mean, but I'll, I mean, I'll
2: have it back in March, so it's all good. Oh well, wait, what's coming out in March that you're looking forward to?
4: I have no idea. Everything I wanted came out this month. So. Oh,
2: that's fair. You know, it's coming <sighs> it out in March.
4: What it is.
3: It happens.
2: Uh, I don't know, not a clue. Actually, your penis.
1: Motherfucking baseball. The show. <laughs> it's. Oh, I'm, right. I'm excited for the show. I it like. I don't, I don't, I don't care about baseball at all, but I love the show.
2: I, yeah, I've been playing uh, Road to uh, ro- what is it called? Road to the Diamond, like Diamond Road Dynasty, to Di- or something. No, I'm not playing Diamond Dynasty. Oh. It's or maybe it's Road to the Show. Uh, like I, do. I don't fucking know. It, it's one where you have to create a uh, baseball player, and then like you start up in the minor leagues and have to make your way up. Um, what yeah, position did my, you go with? Uh, so I was trying to go for like a Shoei Otani uh, kind of guy. So he is a pitcher and a uh, designated hitter. Um, and I'm currently crushing like baseball records like throughout. Like I've already hit more home runs in one season than some people do in their entire careers.
1: Yeah, yeah this is <laughs> pretty good for that uneasy.
2: Yeah, I'm having a lot of fun.
1: We're not ending the show, are we? Okay, here's some music from Grant. The end. Bye.
2: Bye.